that you arrived here in the morning and the lights were off and the windows were closed. It's dark and stuffy in here. Imagine that there was no friendly person to welcome you at the door. Imagine that there was nobody at the info desk who you could ask any questions. Imagine that there was nobody to teach and disciple our children. This is, I know this is quite depressing already. Imagine that there was no wonderful sound of coffee beans grinding and the even better aroma of coffee brewing. You can tell I love my coffee. <laughs> um, imagine that there was no sound at all, actually. No musicians, no bassists trying to last minute get their, their bass lines right. Uh, no beautiful background worship playing. Imagine that there were no slides up on the, on the screen over here so that we could know what words to sing. And imagine... Eventually, after a long, awkward silence, somebody got up and said, Hey guys, sorry, um, I thought that somebody else was going to share the message today. Sorry, I thought somebody else would do it. You guys can all go home. Okay, I think you get the picture. It's quite, <laughs> quite a depressing picture. And I'm just saying all of that to make the point that certain practical things need to be accomplished in the morning so that we can worship our God together as a family, so that we can hear the word being preached and our minds being transformed, sorry, our minds being renewed and we being transformed. And, and so we can see lives change, faith rise up, hope rise up, uh, people come to know the Lord, all of those things. For all of those things to happen, practical things need to take place. And so that's why I'm saying this morning, we need to get in there. And of course, thank you to everybody who's already serving. But of course, um, it's not just for some few, it's for everybody to join in. And so, in a couple of weeks' time, less than a couple of weeks, a new roster will be coming out, and I just wanted to encourage everyone, please put up your hands to say, yes, I want to be involved. And I was just thinking about this yesterday, and I know with God's heart, His heart is not to come and twist our arms. His heart is not to nag anybody or to, and for anybody to make a decision today out of any kind of emotional manipulation. That's not his heart at all. He wants us to be moved, compelled by the love of Christ. And I was just reminded of that scripture, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 14, where it says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. And so he's looking for that kind of heart, that heart that knows, Lord, I know what you did for me. I know how much you love me, and I want to love you back. I'm available. What can I do to help? And I'll never forget, we were in holiday in Durban, I think, five or six years ago. And many of you will know Donny Chrobala. He was there, and it was the end of the church service, service, and he said something which I thought was quite profound. He just said, thank you, everybody. Thanks for coming today. I hope you have a wonderful Sunday. They said, I just want to thank everybody for serving. You guys did so well. Thanks for everybody because they had to meet in a school hall. So thank you for packing all the chairs, doing this and this. And then he paused for a while. And he said, but wait, guys, please, just remember, you're not doing this for me. We're doing all this for Jesus. Please, guys. And just the way he said it, it was so sincere. I just realized that's so true. We need to remember everything we do, we're doing unto Jesus. It's part of our devotion to him. And that's, that's how our heart should be. And... 
Yeah, just I realize that it will look different for different people in the life of the church. You know, we won't, nobody's going to expect Derek to be lugging around those heavy drums outside. But I know Derek, he has a heart to meet with people and minister to people one-on-one, pray with people, have a cup of coffee with them. So it looks different for each and every one of us. And of course, we do need those strong men to carry and women to carry those things around. So, so let's put our names down for that. It does look different though for different people. And the second last thing I want to say is I just remember when I got saved, the very next week, the guy that led me to the Lord, he just said to me something which stuck with me. He said, Stephen, you're part of this family now. You're part of this church. And everyone in this family needs to serve. We've all got a part to play. And he took me straight to the sound leader and he introduced me to the sound guy. And two weeks later, I thought to myself, thanks a lot. Because <laughs> being on the sound team is a lot of hard work. And, and I don't have time to get into it now, but serving will build your character. To serve is such a blessing. When nobody sees you, when nobody thanks you, and you're in that place where, Lord, I just want to do this for you. That's a place where real character and Christ-likeness has grown. Because even Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but to serve. And he gave his life as a ransom for many. And so the last, I just want to share one more quote that will be me finishing. I love this quote. I had to fit it in some way. It's by Theodore Roosevelt. And he said, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who actually does strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms and the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, and so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither knew victory nor defeat. And I know this sounds a bit dramatic. It's probably a speech that was shared during wartime, you know, when it comes to serving in the life of the church. But I just wanted to encourage, admonish, um, insert every other biblical Christian word for encouragement you can think of there. Just encourage us to, friends, let's not find ourselves on the grandstands. Let's not be those who are sitting back and watching others. Let's put up our hands and say, Lord, in view of your mercy, in view of what you've done for me, I want to get in there. I want to serve. I want to help. I want to, I want to use the muscles. I want to use whatever God has given me to serve you. And so just very practically, we have this uh, board over here with a piece of paper on. And there are many areas that you can get involved in. I'm just going to read some of them. The welcome team, venue setup. The music team, media, sound, barista, that's the coffee guys, and tea, of course, hospitality, Sunday school. So there are many, there really is something for everybody. And so this will be at the info desk at the back. Um, yeah, friends, let's put up our hands and say, yes, Lord, how can I help? So like we've heard this morning, God is to accomplish and to be able to, to keep things going in the direction that we need it to go. Um, 
I'm not going to take too long. God's already done a lot, and there's been a lot already said this morning. But I really just want to finish off from where I started last week on the power of the tongue. And um, if you've got your Bibles, why don't you turn to James chapter 3, and we're going to read from verse 9 to 11. James 3, verse 9 to 11. It says, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? And so the answer to that is no. Fresh water and salt water cannot flow from the same spring. And so we need to be careful how we use our tongues and the things that we say. And so James is giving us from last week, if you remember, James is giving us a few um, reasons as to why God has given us the ability to communicate, why God has given us our tongues. And we saw that last week, it's not actually our tongue that is the problem, but it's our heart, because it's out of the heart We're going to speak what is in our heart. And if there's a lot of rubbish going on in our heart, that's what's going to come out of our mouth. And if there's good things in our heart, then good things are going to come out of our our mouth because we're going to speak what the heart is full of. I'd encourage you to go and have a look and to read through Psalms. And especially Psalm 119, and it deals with a whole lot of different things. It speaks about our lips, our behavior, our attitude, the motives of our heart. And so it's a good psalm to go and read. And it just will let you know a little bit more about the power that we have as we speak the word of God or as we speak negative things. So why has God given us the ability to communicate? Why has he given us tongues? And so James 3 verse 9 says that with the tongue we praise our Lord and our Father. So one of the reasons that God has given us the tongue is so that we can praise our Lord and Father. So that we can thank him, that we can exalt him, that we can glorify him. That's why God made us. That we can show him our adoration, our appreciation, our thanks for his commitment towards us. We can worship him, declare our praise with our mouths, his worthiness, his attributes, his works and his wonders, his ways, his promises, his commands. All of this is part and parcel of why God gave us our mouths so that we can honor him, that we can worship him, give him the glory that is due to him. And again, it comes down to our heart. If what is in our heart is not good, what is going to come out of our mouth is not going to be praise, it's going to be cursing, it's going to be words that bring destruction. But when what is in our heart is good, when we are in a good relationship with the Lord, As we speak, words of praise are going to come out of our mouths. Words that build up and not 
bring destruction. So another reason that God gave us the tongue was so that we might perform and produce or accomplish many great things for God. In James chapter 3, verse 4 and 5, it's, it speaks about a ship and its rudder and about a horse and a, and a bit in the horse's mouth and how a rudder is such a small part, but yet it turns this massive ship. Or the bridle in a horse's mouth, that thing is so small, but yet it can turn that whole horse around. So with a small bit we can guide a horse, and with a small rudder we can steer a great ship. And so it is with our speech, with our tongue, we can direct and steer people's lives. And that's why it's so important that what comes out of us is good and not evil, because God wants us to take what he's given us and direct and help the people around us Steer them down the good path of righteousness. And so I want to ask you, what is coming out of your mouth? Is it good? Is it pleasing? Or is it something that's bitter and produces death and there's no life found in it? Because as children of God, what comes out of our mouth should be good and pleasing to our Father. It should be for building up and strengthening. When people come to you and they have problems in their life, what are you, how are you directing them? Are you directing them down the paths of righteousness? Or are you just regurgitating something that is in your heart? We should be taking them back to the things of God, pointing them back to Jesus. Help people to choose the right things. Direct them on their path into the future. On the other side of that, on the flip side of the coin, we can be directing them down the wrong path. And that's not what Jesus wants for us to do. God wants us to use our tongue, our speech, to help people to stay on course. He doesn't want us to use our tongue to direct people down the wrong road. And can I say that we have so many people in the world right now, politicians, people in authority, that are leading people down the wrong path because of the things that they are saying. That's not what God wants us to do as his children. He wants us to lead them down the right path. And if you ever look in the book of Proverbs, and I'd encourage you to read a proverb every day, there's 31 proverbs in the Bible. One proverb for each day of the month. Uh, sorry, for, yeah, for each day of the month. And so go and read Proverbs. It'll help you in your walk with the Lord. And so I want to just read a couple of Proverbs this morning. And it has to do with things like our speech and our behavior and our hearts and our motives. It says, The words of the reckless pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. We don't want reckless words coming out of our mouths. 
The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You see, we can speak death or we can speak life. I want to say to us as children of God, let's avoid arguing those unnecessary bouts with our mouth. You know, where we have those fights with our mouths. Let's not get into that. Let's stay true and pure to the things of God. Bring life and not death. And if we have to have a look at a few things that Proverbs mentions about arguing, it says a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. So use, let's use our tongues to accomplish, to perform, to produce great things for God, not to destroy and break down. Another reason that God has given us the ability to communicate is so that we can pray. Speak to God and ask Him. And many of us, the Bible tells us we don't have because we don't ask. The Bible says if we lack wisdom, let's ask God and He will give us wisdom. But so many of us are not asking. We find ourselves in situations and we try and sort it out ourselves when God wants us to ask Him to help in that situation. We can ask for wisdom. Pray and ask. Ask God to give you wisdom in the situations that you are facing right now. In your work situation, where you are having to deal with people, ask God to give you wisdom. Where you are facing sickness or where you are facing hardship, financial difficulty, ask God to give you wisdom in that situation and He will give you wisdom. The next thing that we can, why God has given us our mouths is to ask for healing. Many people are sick. Some are dying. And God says, you can ask for me to heal them and I will heal them. James 5 verse 13 to 16 says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let him pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church and pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will, sorry, they will be forgiven. Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You see, when we pray, we are using our mouths. Pray and believe, and we will see God heal the sick. And I believe we're going to see a lot more of that happening in this church, in this year. I believe it's something that God is busy restoring back to the church, where we will see people being healed, people's lives being changed. The next reason that God has given us our tongues is to pray for the impossible. 
James 5, verse 17 to 18. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. You see, Elijah prayed, and it rained. Or he prayed, and it stopped raining for three and a half years. Then he prayed, and it rained. He is the God of the impossible. Those impossible situations that you are facing right now, he says, in me, they are possible. For you as humans, it's impossible. But I can do all things. And through Jesus, we can do all things. He is the God of the impossible. So ask God to intervene where you are facing situations with your health, your finance, with your family, between friends. Ask God to intervene supernaturally into those areas. And friends, can I say, He will intervene in those areas. And He will bring His healing. He will bring His intervention. And He will help you. That same power, the resurrection power of God, the power that raised Jesus from the dead, that power, that supernatural, wonder-working power, we can pray for it, and God will give it to us. We just have to look through the Bible, and there are many stories where we see the supernatural hand of God moving mightily when men and women prayed and asked God, Continuing on the subject of prayer, James 5, verse 19 to 20, it says, My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from both, uh, sorry, uh, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. We can pray for those who are backslidden. God has given us our tongue, and he says use it to pray for those who have backslidden, those who have wandered away. Call them back. You go and speak to them. Bring them back again. And so that's another reason that God has given us the ability to speak, is to bring the backsliders back. Those who we have written off, those who nobody wants anything to do with them, those who've sinned, who've messed up, who have no more hope, we can go and we can restore their faith and we can ask God to bring them back again. How many people don't you know who have backslidden, who've fallen by the wayside? We can ask God. And he will bring them back again. We've seen it. God is faithful. In the mornings when we get together as the elders before the meeting starts and we pray and we've seen God answer our prayers. We've seen people coming back. We've seen lives changed because our God is faithful. We can ask God to put people Names on our heart, those that are battling, those that are going through difficult times. Say, God, show me who they are. 
so that I can intercede for them, I can pray for them. And then let's phone them and encourage them with what God shares with us, the scriptures that God gives us. Let's phone them and say, I was praying for you this morning. This is a word I got for you. And let's encourage them. Some other reasons that God has given us our mouth is that we can promote his love, build people up, and encourage them. And so I want to encourage us as a church. Let's use our mouths for the honor and the glory of God. There is a choice that we have. Either there can be life that comes out of our mouths, or we can speak death and destruction. God's plan for us is that our mouths produce life. The God kind of life that he wants. And so I want to encourage us as children of God, if we call ourselves Christians, children of God, then let life come out of our mouths. Let's not speak death. And so often we get caught up just like the world does because of everything that's going on around us. We speak death into many situations, into our country, into our government, into Kuraleni, into Eskom. Let's start speaking words of life. Let's encourage one another. Let's build one another up. Let's not break each other down. God hasn't given us our mouth to break each other down, but to build up. So church, if you are in the habit of being negative, can I say to you, change your ways. Speak the life of God. A wrong speech needs to be dealt with so that we don't infect others with it, with that negativity. Rather speak the blessings of God into people's lives. So the power of the tongue can either build up or break down. Let's use it for building up. The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Let's eat the fruit of life and not the fruit of death. Let's speak life over our country, over our families, over this church, over your friends, over your husband, over your wife, over your children. Let's speak the life of God. And as we do that, we'll see there may have been death there, but we'll start seeing the life of God being worked out in that situation. So can I encourage us, let's change the way that we speak. If our hearts are full of bitterness and negativity, let's get that out of us. Let's ask Jesus to deal with those things and to put his word in our mouths, his word into our heart. So that when we speak, there will be the life of God that will come out. Amen. Let's pray together.